and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This this week we're in strange times and it is very it's very different. Um, Tara and I were just talking before we started recording about um, how we're we're sitting in the middle of all of this. I'm coughing and she has kids at home and it's all it's all very weird for everybody and we have a lot of people that are living in total lockdown and we have a lot of people in partial lockdown and everybody is on alert. So we're going to have a chat today about living in lockdown and Although here in Australia we're not on full lockdown quite yet, um, the at, as we're recording this, which is on the twenty fifth, so a week before um, we're releasing it, the pubs are closed and uh, the um, what else is closed, Tara? The well, so the gyms are closed. They've just announced gyms, right. that in the next twenty four to forty eight hours, all beauty salons, nail bars, tattoo parlors, mm. things like anything that with close contact. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there's, you know, there's that, the net is getting tighter, I guess. Um, Mm. We're moving. And there's lots of kids at home Mm -hmm. um, being at school. Some of the schools have closed. Uh, Victoria has closed their schools at the moment. You've got your kids at home for isolation reasons. My kids are still at school for now. I don't know how long that will last. It might only be another day or two. But it's uh, in South Australia at the moment we, we only have we have a lot less cases than um, other parts of the country. So we're still sort of not feeling it quite as much as um, America and Europe and the eastern states of Australia um, where I am, but it's coming. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a really unsettling kind of time. I'm, I'm uh, not an anxious person whatsoever. That's just not part of my makeup, but even this induces levels of anxiety because Hmm. it's such we're walking into such unknowns and then when we look abroad from Australia to see what other countries are going through at the moment what we're seeing isn't reassuring Um, you know when we're looking two weeks or a month down the track what we're seeing other countries doing and the implications and the stats and figures that doesn't do that doesn't do anything to kind of reduce anxiety if anything it heightens it so I guess if you, I mean, when you're listening to this, understand that regardless of our situation, all of us are feeling that to some extent, and and yeah. we hear you, and we we mm. get that that's how you're feeling. Yeah, and I'm the same. I'm not normally an anxious person. I don't I don't suffer from anxiety, and I have very specific. I'm very specific with my anxiety, <laughs> and um, normally these kinds of things don't don't worry me. But I'm the same. I'm getting that sick feeling in my gut when I think about should the kids be at school or not and am I doing the right thing you know the government's telling me send your kids to school it's fine and then someone else in the government says you know but if you can take them home take them home and uh, and I've got one kid who wants to be at school and one who doesn't and you know it does it turns you into knots so um we we are all feeling it uh, at the moment and I don't I, I hope that maybe talking about it today might help a little bit we've got some information for you that might give you some ideas on on coping mechanisms but also if you're not feeling anxious but you're looking around your house and it's 
annoying you because it's cluttered or because you're starting to argue with your family about the mess and where things are and all that kind of stuff, we're also going to talk about that. So we're going to sort of step away from the the anxiety and what's going on outside and we're going to talk about if you want to tackle some of your stuff inside the house while you're in it, uh, then we'll give you some tips on that as well. Yeah, so... Um... Because we're still relatively new in all this and, um, you know, people are starting to work from home but we're not in full lockdown mode, I wanted to go to someone who had some good tips and tricks and who had been living it. And one of my best friends, Gillian, lives in northern Italy and she um, has been in the middle of this. I mean, they've been saying Italy for weeks now is like the Mm -hmm. epicentre after China of this crisis and so she's she's been feeding me lots of information about what she's doing and I thought it would be really handy for people that aren't that far down the track yet to get some ideas from her about what's worked and what hasn't uh, and then we can you know feel like we're a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to to coping and keeping ourselves sane through this so the first thing I want to go through is homeschooling. And I know that's not relevant for everyone, but for people that do have kids at home, these are some of the things that Gillian suggested that have been working really well for her. She has been keeping her kids in routine during the week. And I've said my kids are only on day two of homeschooling, but I've said the same thing. We've got normal rules that apply in our house during the week, like they don't play on devices, iPads, things like that. During the week, they're only on those kind of screens for homework. And so we've said that rule stays, like you don't you don't get to go on and, and play Roblox or whatever until the weekends. That, and that doesn't change just because you're home all the time now. Um, so keeping that routine, they still get up at the same time. They have to be sat at the table um, or at their desks at nine o'clock like they would at school so I think keeping that routine and I think that's really handy for all of us not just kids Um, Mm. because once you start to lose that routine the days all start to feel the same and then it can feel like a really long stretch so I think there's something about that you know maintaining the consistency get up make your bed brush your teeth get dressed even if you're getting dressed into relaxed clothing because you're not leaving the house for the day but still change out of your pajamas and make you feel like you're starting your, your day properly. Julian has said she's found it really important after I think she's been homeschooling her kids for about four weeks now to supplement the schoolwork with some fun activities just to keep the kids' spirits high. There's a lot of work coming home uh, for kids depending on which schools and which teachers, but I think there's probably uh, an oversupply of work because teachers want to make sure kids are still learning. And you can feel a bit bogged down in all of that. So she's, you know, adding in plenty of fun stuff as well. Um, and sometimes it requires you to work that creative muscle to come up with some mm-hmm. some good ideas. She also suggested changing locations for, for breaks. So if you're homeschooling your kids or if you're just working at home, when you have a break, be it a tea or coffee break, or if you're going to have lunch or something like that, actually move away from the space that you've been working in. Go outside, Mm. move around. If you've got kids at home that are homeschooling, get them to throw a ball, play tag, put some loud music on and have a dance party or something like release some of that pent up energy, get some fresh air if you can. If you're Mm. in a small place and you've just got a balcony, just take your coffee outside, rug up if you need to and sit outside and just get some 
some fresh air. And there's there's a guy who apparently his YouTube site has gone through the roof, Joe Wicks. He's a body coach and he's been doing releasing PE classes online on YouTube. <laughs> and this guy's gone from uh, moderately, I wouldn't even say famous, moderately known to, to this superstar in like the last couple of weeks because he's putting these PE classes on YouTube. Um, so that's something you can look for as well. One thing that Gillian said she has done is, and I guess she's fortunate to have the space to do this, she's created an actual zone for her kids for their their school room. So she they've packed up what was like a playroom or a rumpus room and turned it into a school room so that they've got you know, a dedicated space. And I think in whatever measure you could can do this within your home, it could be really good for your kids or yourself to separate your workspace from your living space. And, you know, they always talk about that with, you know, they say don't work in bed, like don't take your laptop yeah. to bed and do work while you're in your bed. You should leave your bed for sleeping because it's easier uh, to fall asleep at night then because your body recognises that. And I feel like you could... Tell that to the teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't get mine off the bed with their homework, but anyway. Um, but if it's, you know, if we're talking weeks or months of this, for the kids to have a space or for you if you're working at home to have a space where you, you're working, even if that's the kitchen table, but then when it's relaxed time and the workday's over... Maybe you're not sitting at the kitchen table. Maybe you're sitting on the couch, or you know, just mm. so that you feel like there's there's a there's a break or there's, there's a, a change. There. Yeah, yeah. But, because otherwise, I think when those lines start to blur, it could get really almost oppressive. Like you never leave your workplace. Um, yeah, I think people who work from home experience that themselves anyway. Normally, like it is hard sometimes to feel like you you are you get to leave work because you don't when you're when you work from home you never get to leave work and um i think now that people are a lot more people working at home they're going to experience the same thing so that separation can be helpful psychologically to to let you feel like yeah you, you're not working all the time you don't have to work all the time just because it's there mm, and so i'm fortunate that i've got a study at home which the kids have been using they're not in it now they're at the kitchen table because I'm in here um <laughs> but I even one thing I do for when I'm working at home is I get dressed for work in the morning and then when my work day is done I will go and put active wear on or I'll put my pajamas on if it's evening or whatever it is so I like mm. I have that separation with my clothes as well I feel like I've even though I might be on a call with a client and not even see them. Um, it doesn't feel right to me to be working in active wear. I feel like I'm in home mode or work mode and that really works for me. So I think if you play around with some ideas around that and separating those two things, that could be really good. And and it might really help your kids as well get in the right headspace. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because if you've got kids at home and you're trying to work, um, then they need to know, they need to have those boundaries as well. They need to know when they need to give you that space to concentrate. And if you are in your pyjamas, then they're not going to take your work as seriously as if you're dressed up like you would normally go to work. I read one woman somewhere who worked from home and she wore heels all day. Like I, I would oh, do gosh, that. Oh, gosh, don't go that far. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right. But she wore heels because she said, she, said it, 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 she felt like she was, 
properly working, like she needed to be working. And because she was wearing her heels, she couldn't slack off or go put the washing on the line or anything like that. And it could be the same, you know, if you get dressed and you're in work mode, then the kids will also respect your boundaries and your space a little bit more as well. Uh, And they won't necessarily be... um, annoying (laughs) annoying you when you're trying to work or interacting quite as much depending on their age of course you know a three-year-old couldn't care less but um, a 10-year-old can does know the difference between work mode and home mode and um, you know you can use those cues like clothing or space or time to to do that uh, so that you've got your own sense of being at work or not at work and so have your kids as well. We were joking the other night my kids were putting their uniforms in the wash after their last day of school, knowing they weren't going back. I'm like, oh, no, no, leave them out. You've got to wear, you still be in uniform at home during school hours. And they're looking at me. I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. And then we were talking about um, that between nine and three that they wouldn't call me mum. They would call me Mrs. Tuttle. And, <laughs> and like right now, while, my, um, while I'm doing this, my husband's home and we were calling him the relief teacher. We're like, oh, you've got a relief teacher this morning for a couple of hours because I'm recording the podcast. But you can have some fun with it. I've said to the kids that yeah. they're still allowed to call me mum between nine and three, but I might I might give out detentions. <laughs> and, you know, at the moment it's it's easy to play around with it, but, you know, mm. check back with me in a month. Yeah. We'll <laughs> yeah. see if I'm as, you know, jubilant. If you're as about, fun about it, yeah. yeah. If you're still the fun teacher. Yeah, um, I won't you, be. You might not be. I'll be walking around <laughs> with my ruler, like smacking it on <laughs> tables. Um, one thing that I really like that, uh, Gillian suggested is she said if you know because a lot of the kids are doing depending on their age of course a lot of their schoolwork is coming via uh, Google Classroom or online apps and they're doing a lot of the work online try and come up with leisure activities which aren't on a screen and again this can apply to people just working at home if you're spending your day looking at a, a screen while you're in work mode when you're off that screen for a leisure time you know don't go and then look at Instagram or Facebook and have more screen time. For kids, Gillian said she's they've been sitting down and reading uh, books, uh, playing Lego. She's done some art. She Her kids have done this amazing art. She got them to do a bit of research about Andy Warhol and then create their own uh, pieces inspired by him and they look amazing. Um, my kids are really into cooking, so we, you know, do something like that. The other thing Gillian said they've been doing is they've popped a tent up in the garden and they've been laying out there in the evening with a hot chocolate doing stargazing and stuff like (laughs) that just so that they're not always sitting in front of a screen Mm, and a laptop yeah yeah and I think that's I think that's really important so you could um have a think about things that your kids are interested in or things that you're interested in that aren't screen based um and start keeping a list and when you hear ideas or suggestions write them down so that when you get to the point of feeling stuck uh, and you want to get your kids excited about doing something off a screen, uh, you've got some ideas there. Mm. At the moment in Australia, we can still leave the house so we can go for a walk or go for a jog, bearing in mind social distancing as we as we do that. Uh, Gillian has told us to do it while we can because um, Italy's just reached the point actually today where now the children aren't allowed to leave the premises at all so they can go into their backyards mm. but they're not allowed to leave um, their house so they can't go out for a dog walk or anything like that so she said while well, you're at the point where you can do it like leave leave mm. your house for a bit of fresh air or a change of scenery if you can bearing in mind other people and health and social distancing regulations and that kind of thing 
Um, so, you know, make the most of it while that's available. The other thing she's done that's with her kids. Of, oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say that's another consideration I've had about the school. And I said to Ethan this morning, you know, when he sort of rolled his eyes about going to school, because uh, he goes, oh, no, my friends are there and all that. And I said, look, you're going to be out of school for a long time and you're not going to be able to see your friends for a long time. You know, let's let's take advantage of this while we can. Let's take advantage of normality while we can. And um, he sort of, again, he rolled his eyes a bit, but um, I think that's something I'm clinging to a little bit is that that whole let's do it while we can because it, there'll be a time where we can't. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think because we're not always getting a lot of information from overseas and where what stages other countries are at, people don't know that it could get to that point. Like, um, you know, yes, sure, gyms are closed, but I'll always be able to go for a run. Well, um, you know, mm, and Gillian said maybe not that now it's not safe to run after dark where she is um, because mm. there's no people in the street. Um, I think there's some police patrols and stuff like that, but it's, it's not a great time to be out at night there's not you know you Mm. wouldn't necessarily feel safe so um if you want to if you if that's something that you really thrive on make the most of it while you can a few other tips that she's given for having her kids at home she's given her kids the opportunity to boost their pocket money with additional chores if they want and she said because her kids aren't going out regularly and spending their money on junk because they're not out and about, they've all picked big ticket items that they're now working mm-hmm. towards because it might be something like if you're in lockdown for four months and you do, you know, you earn for her kids it might be 10 extra euros a week, whatever. You know, that can that can really add up. So you could create some pocket money charts or chore lists or things like that. And she said it's also giving her her kids a bit of a sense of achievement because now they're helping to keep the house running. You know, there's a lot of people that previously would have had cleaners coming to help. Um, mm. You know, that's going to stop. So, you know, you're going to take on the burden. And I guess instead of you as an adult having to do it all yourself, if you've got kids there that you can um, help them have that sense of achievement by by putting in and keeping things running but also earning a bit of money on the side, this is a good opportunity for life lessons, you know, for adulting skills. You know, it's a it's a good opportunity for that. Yeah, absolutely. And she said they've been recording videos of themselves learning new skills and sending them to family and friends. So they came up with, um, I think it was like a hip hop dance or some some kind of dance that they learnt online as a family did that and then have sent it to family and friends as a chat, like a dance challenge. And now the other families have got to try and learn the dance as well and then record themselves doing it and that kind of thing. And um, so she's she's coming up with some creative ways to stay connected to other people. I like and- that idea. I remember during the school holidays once and there was, I can't remember why, but the kids, my kids couldn't get together with other kids. I don't know, can't remember exactly why, but just the logistics wasn't working out somehow. And one day we did a Lego challenge between him and his mates and his mate's mum and I sent back and forth um, photos of creations and we would issue a challenge like, all right, so now you've got to come up with, make something that you can only use these particular tiles for or you have to pick out 20 pieces and then make something with that and then send a picture and so those little challenges as well were something that they could do they could sit and immerse themselves in it but then they get to share it with a friend afterwards uh, and it was kind of fun for them to do that too yeah that sounds good and 
And that's the thing. You can tailor it to your kids and, and what they're into and what their friends are into. And if, you know, before people go into full lockdown mode, if you need to collect the numbers of your friends, or I've said to my kids, you know, on their last day of school, I'm like, if there's anyone in your class whose email you don't have, make sure you get it today so that you're well connected. But, Mm. you know, most of their friends, I have their parents' numbers so we can stay connected. But start preparing for that kind of thing so that, you know, if your kid's got a best mate and you don't know how to get in touch with him, then, you know, try and sort that early if you can so that that's one less barrier. The last point, Gillian said about homeschooling is just praise them as much as you can try and keep their spirits up because when we think you know we're not anxious people but feel this kind of sense of Mm. foreboding you can imagine what the kids are going through it's such a extraordinary and confusing time for all people and kids feed off of their parents as well so Mm. when they're worried or they're having an outburst you know, within reason, like let it happen, make sure that they're heard and that you can tell them, you know, you don't have to say, don't worry. You can just say, look, talk to me about your worry. What is it that's worrying you? If you can't alleviate it, there's no point lying to them. But I guess showing them that that they're heard and that it's normal and it's natural to feel that way and, and reassure them if they're, if they're scared that, you know, they're not the only ones, that everyone's feeling a bit like this and we don't know how it will all play out. But but that's yeah, okay. But everyone's doing their best, and yeah, and mm. we're all just trying. We're all just trying to to do our best to keep everybody safe. I think the um, one point that uh, Jill said, which I thought was quite funny, is that they all have. And bearing in mind, her husband is not home through this. He uh, works abroad, so he is out of the country oh. for three months. So she is solo parenting with her three kids in a foreign country. Oh. Um, so she's got, she's got plenty of stuff going on, but, um, she said they all, her included, have their moments where it is just getting to them. And so for them, they use the Taylor Swift song, Shake It Off. If someone is just, you can see that another family member is about to explode or the frustration's getting to them. They tell that person to shake it off and they leave the room, put the Taylor Swift on. (laughs) Scream, oh, yell, cool. dance it out. It's almost like a safe word, you know, like I can t- yeah. see that this agitation is getting to you. You need to like go and let that out of your system in a different area where you're not going to offend all of us mm. or hurt someone's feelings or whatever. Go and shake it off, mum, and Gillian will leave, go stand in a backyard, scream a bit, <laughs> dance around, do whatever she needs to do, have a few deep breaths, come back in and carries on. And I really like that. Mm. I think that's a really yeah kind of, you know, like a little... I don't know. Like release it's a, valve. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what I was trying to put into words. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that I think, doesn't hurt anyone else. Yeah, and that mm. then the kids see that the parents get like that too and the parents realise that the kids get like that and they can all kind of call each other out on it so that mm. you don't just end up in these horrendous, you know, family stouches. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that was they were her tips on homeschooling. I've written a blog post as well which touches on a couple of these things and the overarching principle that you know I kind of say in terms of keeping you know yourself in a happy sane state through this is lower your expectations because a lot of our frustrations Mm. and disappointment come because we have these grand expectations and reality just doesn't live up to them And so I think having some realistic expectations about the fact that there will be bad days, 
there will be days where your kids, you know, fight constantly or where nothing seems to be achieved or you feel like you're going backwards or you're all climbing the walls. Like have an ex- a realistic expectation that there will be days like that. So then when you have good days, you feel really positive. Don't expect this to be like a Mary Poppins type scenario where mm. everyone's joyously singing and dancing around the house 24-7 because yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely going to be like, like that. that. Yeah. And I also read a really good uh, post by a homeschooling mother who's been homeschooling for years and she actually said school and homeschooling are not the same things and there is there's this a bit of a blur and a bit of confusion amongst parents of am I homeschooling now or am I supervising my kids while they learn online and I think there's going to be a combination of that so here in Australia what they're saying is you're not homeschooling your kids you are supervising them while they learn online depending on your school uh, if your school has deserted you, <laughs> you're homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your school has got all of the resources up and they're all organised, then, you know, you're supervising while they learn online. And there is a bit of a difference. Um, but this person who did homeschooling said the the number of hours that you should expect your children to do schoolwork are a lot less than what they spend at school. And um, she actually said a f- only a few hours a day. And whereas sort of some people are sort of going, okay, well, we need to be working from nine to three with the appropriate breaks. And it was interesting to read her point on that about um, how you can do your learning in non, in ways the kids don't even know they're doing it. So like you were saying, you know, when you do your cooking, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to wait until after three to do cooking because it's not schoolwork. Cooking is math and chemistry and all that kind of stuff and teamwork and re- reading instructions and following instructions and all that. There's a whole lot of learning just in cooking. And so by sort of saying, you know, you've only, have to, you've only got to do, you, you're doing schoolwork between sort of nine and three and then we'll do cooking later, you may as well incorporate all of that daily living stuff in the learning day as well. And um, I think that's the point that that she was making is that it doesn't you don't have to do school hours and you don't they don't have to work as many hours on school work as what they do when they go to school which I thought was an interesting perspective yeah and look I've said to my kids because the volume of work that have come out um for the it's days and weeks ahead I'm like do you guys really get through this much in a day at school and wow no nah. but yeah uh, yeah so I you know and I said well, that's fine. And I said, what the, what the way I work when I'm sitting down in front of a computer is I use the Pomodoro technique, which is 25 minutes on and five mm. minutes off and then 25 and five. And then, you know, after a couple of those, then I'll have a, a big break. A bigger break. Um, mm. And I said to the kids, are you guys happy to do it as well? We'll do it, you know, because if they're sitting down writing a report, I'm like, would you sit at school and just sit in silence and write a report for an hour with no breaks? Mm. Because that's the, you know, between you know, the start of the day and your fruit snack or whatever, you know, their first break is. And it would be like, oh, no, well, we might do this or the teacher might talk through this or we'd break it up with something else or, Mm. you know, so I'm like, okay, well, let's see if we can find a system that works for them and works for me. And, you know, Mm. I guess you just got to be flexible because I said to the kids, we don't have to do everything in order. The idea is that by the end of next week, we have finished all of week one and week two activities. And if that happens in a different order, that's okay. Yesterday I had to pick the dog up from the vet. So the kids came with me during school hours to pick the dog up. But I said, once we get home, then we'll do PE, which basically we yeah. set up a, um, 
like a circuit in the backyard and we they came up with all different exercises and we put post-it notes up around the backyard and we all, you know, for half an hour uh, yeah. put music on loud and the three of us did a circuit. Now, that wasn't the PE that was included in the school day. It wouldn't have fit mm. amongst all the other work that was handed out. But we were all outside getting fresh air, doing something together, um, yeah, exercising exactly. anyway. And I'm like, That's we can important. let the, the boundaries kind of blur a bit there within it, in, yeah. within reason. Um, yeah, I think I think if parents don't make themselves too anxious about, you know, there's one thing I, I said to someone recently who's got very young children, I said it's one thing that I've learned by putting my kids through school and I've got one now in year 12 and so I've, we've done the whole, almost the whole lot, and that is that there is time to catch up and there is time to redo things and it's not the end of the world, you know, if you don't get all of the like if like if you said the schools are overloading the kids with work just to be sure then you know do you have to get through all of that in the same in, in do you know what I mean I mean mm. I'm not saying don't do your schoolwork but I'm sort of just saying I the thing be, that parents can relieve themselves of, of some pressure by saying it's not the end of the world if they're not working constantly you know on all of their schoolwork and because I have teenagers I'm leaving them to it you know I'm not supervising when they do their work or how they're doing it and um, most of the time they're doing all their schoolwork at school at the moment and so they're not doing a great deal of homework and they know everything that they've got due and they know when and they're doing all of that. So I'm not actually involved much at all <laughs> except to just say, are you caught up? And then hearing, yes, I am. And that's pretty much all all the the, the control I have and that's that's fine me and if they were home it would be exactly the same they would I would just say to them are you caught up and they'd say yes and so I would let them manage their time completely but they are 15 and 17 which is very different to say you know set five and seven Mm. um but I think that I just don't want parents being having something else to be anxious about and putting all this pressure on themselves to make sure that their kids are doing all of the work um because it's it all it all comes out in the wash, you know. It there's time, there's time to catch up. So don't stress out too much. Yeah, and look, I said to um, my daughters because there's a couple of speeches or presentations that they're supposed to be working on, and I said, you know what? Look, if we don't get to that now, school holidays are coming up, which is you know when you would naturally have a break, and we will still be mm. spending school holidays at home. So I'm like, if yeah. if you're spent by three o'clock and you don't want to do any more and we haven't got to the plan your speech bit of your day yet, we'll just push mm. that off because, you know, in a couple of weeks there won't be any work issued because it'll be school holidays so we can work on it yeah. then, you know, when we've yeah. got a day that's kind of devoid of spread other it out. work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Spread it all out. I mean, you're going to be home for a while so <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> you don't need something to do in the holidays. I may as well do the schoolwork. <laughs> and the other thing I think that's really important is that parents – appreciate that they are not going to get their same quality of if they're trying to work from home you are not Mm. going to get that quality time to work from home while your kids are homeschooling unless you know they're very good at self-managing and can you know they're older yeah Yeah. because you know and so for me I've just pushed some of the work I would do during the day to at night time when the kids are in bed Um, Mm. and that means I might sit down with a cup of tea and a book (laughs) between the two of them while they're doing some stuff and because then I'm there and available for them to ask questions and I'm not getting frustrated and then at night when I might normally sit down and read then I'll just get some work done because I can get more done in half an hour without interruptions than I can get done in two hours with constant interruptions so um, definitely but, but yeah I think it's that idea of just don't 
don't feel too rigid. Play around with what works for you and your kids and mm. your situation and um, and then let yeah. us know and share it. Share it in our community if there's the things that are working or not for you. Um, yeah. The last few bits from uh, Gillian's advice, she talks about keeping sane and bringing the joy amongst your everyday because now it's not just weekdays at home. There will be weekends at home as well. She said there's such a great opportunity at the moment if you're in isolation or if you're in lockdown to learn a new skill. You could learn a language, learn how to play the guitar or the piano, learn watercolour painting, hip-hop dancing, singing. There's And there's, I saw on TV this morning, there's all these celebrities that are now putting YouTube clips out, teaching people how to do different things. I think Serena Williams is teaching people how to play tennis and all this kind of stuff. So if there's something you've always wanted to try or you just want to extend yourself, like what a great opportunity. Mm. Um, I know that lots of universities and other education centres as well are offering courses online, some paid, some free. So you could go to a I short saw course. A free one. Yeah, I saw a free one by Harvard recently on happiness, being happy. Mm. <laughs> and apparently um, it's one of their most popular courses and it's free. And there's all these things that, you know, new wellness routines or an exercise regime or things like that that you think, oh, if I only had the time to kind of delve into mm. that, well, you know, what a maybe you do great time mm. to start doing Pilates or yoga. And, and again, there's so much stuff online that you can, you know, classes and sessions. You could, if you want to finally figure out how to meditate, you could go to mindful in May and look at all their resources on meditation or, you know, find another site that mm. works for you or start journaling or something like that. So it's a good time to to learn those new skills. Um, Gillian says that it's really, she's found it really important to mark the weekend to change up the routine and do things differently on the weekend. So maybe that's your time for sleeping in, watching movies, making pancakes. Um, she's been organising group and video chats with families and friends all over the world. Uh, we're booked in for this weekend to catch up with them. So you sit down mm. with like a glass of wine or a meal or whatever and we'll chat this weekend with them, her and her kids in Italy and her husband where he's working overseas somewhere separately mm-hmm. and us here in Australia and we'll all get together so, you know, so that you feel like you're still socialising and connecting with people and I think that will help with people feeling really isolated. She found she's trying to plan for to still celebrate occasions she said if you're home with a partner you could still plan for date nights eat out you could Mm. maybe move your table outside or onto the balcony light some candles you know try and sit at at your table rather than on the couch put music on Mm. and like open the nice bottle of wine cook something nice make it feel like you're out for dinner uh she suggested if you've got kids get them to be the waiters and waitresses or to pour your drinks (laughs) or something like take your orders that kind of thing as well so you could you know incorporate the family into that um and Mm. I think that's the thing just to make it feel a little different because you know there's going to be some long days and some long weeks ahead so to try and change it up a bit might just bring a bit more bit more joy and a bit more spontaneity and excitement to your to your days and your weeks Mm. she said it's a great time to do all those things you've been meaning to do but have been putting off like decluttering which I know you're Mm. going to get to in a minute Beck. um Mm. painting I have been talking about painting my back fence for about three years so I have just gone to the hardware shop on the weekend and bought finally bought the paint because I thought look if I am stuck here um I'm gonna get that job done 
and before Bunnings shuts down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can't get paint. Yeah. So if you can plan for that, do that or any other kind of DIY projects. The big jigsaw puzzles, you know, the thousand pieces that you only ever do if you go away on holidays for a long time, like get them mm. out. You've got the time now. Um, she's got her kids rebuilding the Lego sets, you know, the sets that come that end up getting smooshed in with all the other oh, Lego. With everything and else, yeah. So she's, they've pulled out the... Um, instructions again and I've got her kids rifling through the all the big piles of Lego to find all the pieces and rebuild some of those sets again Mm. or get in the garden if you've got if you've got the space maybe it'd be a good time to start your veggie patch or weed the gardens that you've already got she's not a huge fan of cooking every day so she's been doing batch cooking uh, on the weekend and freezing the meals to be pulled out during the week which she said is really Mm. working for her so that she doesn't feel like um, she's always night. cooking yeah um especially because I guess with children at home then you know you feel like then every meal breakfast lunch dinner every day um you're always mm. preparing stuff look out for for others call out to your neighbors across the road if you need to um and say hi call all the oldies I know that I've suggested with my family that we um set up a bit of a roster for checking in on on my grandma and mm. rather than her getting three phone calls in a day and then none for the next week so that we've got people calling on her regularly send letters or gifts to others that might be lonely or just you know I've said to my kids it might be a good time to write some letters to their pen pals because it's been a while between yeah um, I was gonna say or you could set up pen pals too if you yeah. don't have any already mm. She's been rediscovering some of the old music that she used to love and getting her kids to to listen to it and DVDs. Forcing them. Yeah, forcing her kids to. Uh... I did, I've been doing that as well. I, I said to uh, just the other day there was a song that came on I was on my Spotify playlist and Ethan started singing it and he knew the words and, and I said, how do you know that? And then he said it was from a movie and it was one of the Avengers movies, um, but it's an old 80s, um, an old 80s song. And. And then I then we were talking about a different song and I was telling him about the movie that the song was from and he's sort of half listening to me. And it was a, it was a movie from my childhood and um, I thought I might go and find it at some point and show him and maybe make him watch it. <laughs> and then the next day I was looking for stuff because I've been home. I was um, While I was working or doing housework, I wanted to have an old movie on in the background. So I thought I'll go and I went on to Disney to put something on in the background. And there was that movie on Disney and I didn't I had no idea it was on Disney and um so I was like yay so I got to watch that movie and I said to Ethan I'm gonna make you watch that and he's like no you're not I'm not gonna watch it so I think I've got a fight on my hands to get him to watch it but it was so lovely watching it again I haven't watched it for like 25 years and um it was so so lovely to watch again I loved it well I think and that's the thing we you know you and I have talked so much about how people are so busy and glorifying busy and you know how great it would be to have an opportunity to slow down but none of us can ever get off the treadmill and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. Like, Well, we've been flung off it now. Yeah, we? absolutely. So, mm. yes, there's going to be some trying and testing moments but, like, actually use it for the opportunity. If you are not well and, and, and you know, take the time to rest, if you are just forced to be home because of your work or your, you know, kids' requirements or whatever, take the time to to do some of this stuff, reconnect with yourself and reconnect with, yeah. you know, your past and, and the, your hopes and your dreams and all this kind of stuff and and use the opportunity because it might, as terrible as it is, it might end up being a real gift for some people to kind mm. of get back in touch with themselves. Yeah, I agree. And 
and it's these times that make you appreciate what's really important. And I think that, I mean, I think for some people they're going to launch themselves back into normal life with a great big yeehaw, um, but then there are others who are going to, you know, when all of this is over, are going to crawl back out and say, I don't want to do things the same as I used to do. Mm. I'm different now. And, you know, this will give them an opportunity to see what they don't want to do anymore and to be able to then opt out after that. And I think that, you know, that, yeah, that could be, it could be a good thing for some people to do that. Obviously, the, obviously there's a whole lot of other bad things about this situation, like they also, they might not have a job and things like that. But for some people, there, there might be that little, little awakening. Yeah, absolutely. So, Beck, you're going to tell us now about if we're sitting in our houses in isolation, staring at that pile yeah. of mess that we've been trying to avoid <laughs> that now we can't get away from, that it might be a good time to start sorting it. Yes, I, I think there are there are definitely people who are looking around their house and saying, all right, now's the time. But they're also going, I don't know where to start and I'm overwhelmed and I'm on my own and I don't know how to do it. So I'm just going to run through a few tips. I mean, obviously we've done 75 episodes of this podcast, so we've, got, we've already got loads of decluttering advice within all of the different episodes. But just for this moment, I'm going to summarise a few key strategies and points. So the first thing is where to start. And I think that in when you are confined to an area, it really quickly is highlighted where your bottlenecks are. So it shouldn't be too difficult for you to find the area that's bothering you the most. You know, if if it's some if it's the study because you're trying to work and you're trying the kids are trying to do their schoolwork in there and everyone keeps having to move things around all the time, uh, or if it's that you finally want to get stuck into those hobbies but the craft room is full, uh, you're you're prevented from doing that. Or if you're constantly arguing with you know your partner about the kitchen drawers, you know you there'll be some particular area that's causing you a problem or anxiety in some way. So look for that bottleneck and look for the area that if you work on that, that's going to give you a really high rate of return for the effort involved and that's where you would start if you want to keep going then there's other areas but that's where you would start don't go too big though uh so don't sort of say i'm going to start with the garage you could maybe say i'm going to start with the shelving in the garage or i'm going to start with the things on the floor in the garage or something like that so start a little bit smaller next i would say set some goals so well this could even be first but in some way you would might be even do point one point two together but set some goals you know what do you want the space that you're attacking to look and feel and function like is your goal to have the kitchen bench empty or is your goal to have homes for everything in the kitchen drawers there's if you define those goals then you'll be a little bit more structured in the way you approach it Uh, is it that you finally want to cut down on the excess clothes that you've got in your wardrobe now that you've got this bit of extra time to go through it and so set a goal what do you want what do you want it to look like what do you want it to feel like and obviously feel the main goal is usually to feel in control but there'll be some other goals there's other feels that you'll you'll figure out and how do you want it to function so that's what you want to be doing next one thing that you are, is different decluttering in a lockdown 
to decluttering in normal times is that you might not be able to visit a charity. You might not be able to have people come to the house to collect things you don't want anymore. You might not be able to sell things. So there are going to be things that have to stay in your house after you've made a decision for them to go. So what you want to do, if possible, is create an unwanted zone so that you don't have to re-sort later on when you're trying to remember what it was, those things that you made the decisions about. Uh, If you put stickers on large things, you know, unwanted, and you move other unwanted items into a zone in boxes or bags, preferably out of sight and reach of the rest of the family, if they have made their decisions, you don't want them, you don't want the kids pulling out old toys again bringing it back in the house. So, yeah, set up your unwanted zone so that as you make your decisions, you can just put them straight in there and you know exactly then what you've decided is going and what is staying. I think that's really important, especially, uh, you know, and depending where you live, if that means you move a car out of the garage for a month so Mm. that you can put all that stuff in, you know, in a space in a garage, like if you've got to create a space uh, or you might have to push a few couches closer together so you can create some space between a couch and a wall, it's not forever it's just for now and it will make it really you know so much easier when you have to the option the to the house. Yeah, yeah just to keep it yeah. out of your way yeah uh, another thing that i do with my clients a lot is actually sit down and write down or draw depending on whether you're a visual person or not a a kind of a map of the house and if your goal is for everything to have a home which most people have that as their goal for things to have homes you can sit down and you can actually design on paper what your room is going to look like or your bedroom or your wardrobe or your drawer or whatever it is that you choose because what you can do is is either draw the house and write everything that you need in that particular room. And so if it was your bedroom, you'd say, okay, I need my clothes, I need my jewellery, I need my accessories. Uh, And if you have um, a desk in there, you need your computer and a charger and a pen, you know, and there's different things that you'll need in each room. But you write down all the things that you need and then you write down where are they going to be stored and there's your plan. And then as you're implementing that plan, you are then culling the things that get in the way of you appropriately storing those things that you identified as being needed. Does that make sense? Mm, Yep, perfectly. Cool. So if you, when you decide what the storage is going to be for that particular room uh, and what is going to go in it, that then forms those boundaries. And we've talked about boundaries before as being a decluttering tool. And you can then declutter based on those boundaries. So if you say all my books have to fit in that bookcase, then any books that don't fit in there will go into the unwanted zone, prioritised, obviously. So any all the favourite ones will go in the bookcase and the least favourite ones will be put out into the unwanted zone. So you've used that boundary then to help you decide what stays and what goes. Um, Also, you might not be able to go shopping and so you might want to make a shopping list of any storage items you might need to buy when you can go shopping again. So if you've decided you need a drawer divider, if you've decided you need a couple of baskets for the linen cupboard or you need a, a a bin for under the bed or something like that, then you can write all that down and write down what's going to be stored in it and where it's going to live so that when you do shop later on, you're very intentional about it. You don't go out and go, oh, I'll have this as well and this as well and then bring a whole lot of stuff back into your newly decluttered home. Uh, Then you'll be all prepared to finish the job when you can. And the nice part is you will probably have the time now to do some research online um, just because stores aren't open they won't take down mm. everything that's online so you might be able to look at the 
you know, take the time to actually measure your drawers and then have a look at the specs of the different drawer dividers that are online, um, the ones from this store and the ones from that store and see which ones are mm. going to fit best. You know, you can probably take a much more considered and thoughtful approach towards, you know, researching and looking at prices and looking at colours that might suit and things like that yeah. that normally you might just charge off because you're time poor and you just buy the first thing. Yeah. That you, you just you run see. into Kmart and go, oh, here, this will do. <laughs> yeah. So, um mm. Yeah, so you can actually take the time to research that and figure out and have a really detailed shopping list when when the time comes. Hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously you can still shop now um, or a lot of, I don't know, can you get delivery still in Italy? That's the question. Uh, yeah, um, Gillian said she was still buying, she could still get some stuff through Amazon. Um, yeah. I believe she even bought a bottle of gin through Amazon, which was delivered <laughs> over the fence. So, you know, it's not all <laughs> grim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, good. Um, oh yeah, so there's still you might even be able to just um, get your get your new stuff delivered, but uh, but yeah, take your time. You don't need to rush. Decision making is probably one of the most difficult parts of decluttering and deciding what stays and what goes. And we've got you know all of the episodes about uh, making decisions. Uh, there are heaps of them. Um, there's the sentimental items episode and. Um, my memory's failing me, Tara, so you might be able to think it's a I might need it someday episode. Uh, we've got a few. Uh, so go back on those as well to help you out with your decision making. If you are really, if you really find it difficult to let go, then um, I've got my ebook on Amazon. So if you've got a Kindle or you've got the Kindle app on your tablet, you can get my book, which has, um, it covers all of those objections to letting go and all of the decision making uh, processes that you might go through. So um, you can try getting some support from those. But there's a few top tips. One, what, what value does it give you? Is it giving you more, giving to you more than it takes from you? That's a really good one. Are you actually going to use it? Uh, will you be able to cope with the inconvenience if you realise later you do need it? Uh, are there other ways to meet emotional needs? Will a sample of your sentimental items meet the emotional needs um, that the, the whole are giving you? So those are some of the questions that you can ask yourself to help you make those decisions. Perfect. That sounds really good. And yeah, look, dive deeper if there's a particular zone that you're doing. Go back and look look through. All the episodes um, are still available. All the show notes for all of those episodes and all the links are still on our website. So you can go and yeah. uh, dig a little deeper in a particular area if you need it. Yep. And finally, I want to talk about, and I kind of mentioned this already, I touched on it already, but I want to talk about thinking about after. So after all of this and how you might think about new habits or new routines or losing old habits and old routines after you've we go back to normal life so for example if you want to keep your area clutter free what habits do you need to establish now that will then help you when life goes back to normal to maintain your decluttered home um, you know we don't obviously we're hoping that this virus doesn't come every year and we're not stuck in our houses for six weeks a year giving ourselves an opportunity to declutter. You know, it, this isn't going to happen again, one would hope, and so you need a regular maintenance technique because you're not going to have all of this time again to to do this the large decluttering projects. You don't want to ever have to do large decluttering projects. So what what kind of things can you implement to, to maintain um, when life goes back to normal? And 
have a look at your shopping habits, um, have a look at your your attachment to belongings, have a look at other acquisition habits like family members that bring things into the house all the time, the habit of, you know, grabbing every freebie that you, you see when you're out, that kind of stuff. Also the habit of cramming your schedule. And like I touched on this just before, now that you've experienced a free schedule, and I'm doing air quotes there, um, will that change how you fill your time in the future? And is it, it's, I mean, I'm not saying that you need to, but it's just something to think about, you know, just sit down and mull it over, you know, write down, how do you want your life to be after this? Do you want it to go back to how it was before? Or have you learned now that you can survive without those certain commitments and maybe your, your new life later is going to, to be a little bit lighter? Yeah, it's a really unique opportunity to kind of pull the plug on our normal and mm. have a chance to reevaluate, which we just don't, we don't seem to do because even when we take a break from normal life, when, when times are certain, it's usually on a holiday, you know, that's mm. usually when we unplug from our regular life. But then we have this whole new array of stimuli in terms of, you know, location or people or hobbies or whatever that, you know, we change and then we come back and we plug back into normal life and we very rarely take the opportunity to sit back and objectively look at our life and how we manage it and how we run it or how it runs us. Um, so that's the mm. thing, you know, use this. It's it's almost like the silver lining of this whole, um, yeah. t- you know, terrible, uncertain, frustrating time is that you, you get an opportunity to unplug and reassess So, you know, use it, use it the best you can. The last point I would like to make is to remember to be kind, um, keep a sense of humour about it if you can, if you feel that that helps relieve your anxiety and um, the the pressure or the worry. Um, Remember that there are people out there that are in a much worse situation than you, either, you know, um, financially or socially um, or health-wise. Health-wise, that kind of thing. So, you know, just choose to be kind where you can. Um, choose to look out for one another. We would love to hear um, more from you on this, how you're going, how you're coping, things that are working and things that are not. Like let's share this and, and talk with each other and help each other through. I expect that there will be a lot going on in our community in the coming weeks talking about um what people are going through and how we can all get through this together. So please come and join us in our Facebook community or connect with us on Instagram or any of our social, our individual social media platforms. And we will be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.